This is episode 62 of Kicker and the Waterboy, a sports podcast that... Sorry, now I'm just getting breaking news. Georgia just scored again. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 62. Thanks for tuning in and happy new year. Let's meet the team. Let's do that. He is the punter of footballs. He hit the best shot at our company retreat a few weeks ago. He had a very rough start to 2023 after he watched the ball drop about 10 yards to the left of the upright and Ohio State lost. Live from the frozen tundra of Chicago, Illinois, ladies and gentlemen, Evan the Kicker. Thank you. Thank you for the kind introduction. And he is the supplier of water. He managed to crush some golf balls despite having arms as strong as uncooked spaghetti. He has also had a rough start to 2023 after his team followed up an 11-game win streak with a three-game losing streak. Live from the slightly warmer Midlands of Columbia, South Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan the Waterboy. Thank you, thank you, and uh, we are so happy to be coming back to you. Our first episode of 2023. Uh, we had a little company retreat post-Christmas. It was pretty cool. Evan did really well for someone who hadn't swung a golf club before actually going to Top Golf. Great time, but the real MVP of the day, it was the food. Absolutely. Kind of you say that about my golf game, but that was the only good shot I had all day. <laughs> but yes, the real MVP was the food. And we have eaten barbecue in several restaurants in 11 different states across the country. But I must say, the place we went to in Richmond, ZZQ Barbecue, is, in my opinion, the best place we've ever visited. I 100% agree. I mean, I'd like to think that we've traveled around a lot. We've had, we've experienced some good barbecue, some bad barbecue. That was the best barbecue. And this isn't even like, you know, a sponsorship or anything. It was just <laughs> that good. My gosh. Yeah. Although it's easy here, if you are listening, you want to give us some money to sponsor us, we would gladly accept it. But... Let's move to some game game recaps from the NFL this weekend. Starting off with Chiefs Raiders. Chiefs won 31-13. And the highlight of this one was Snow Globe. The Chiefs played right around the Rosie in the huddle. Direct snap to a running back who pitched it to Pat Mahomes. Who threw it the opposite direction to Kadarius Toney. Ran it in for the score. By the way, it didn't count. What a shame because that was such a cool play. Uh, Next up, Jaguars 20, Titans 16. It was the other Josh Allen that came through in the clutch, returning a fumble for a go-ahead touchdown that won the AFC South for the Jaguars. Congratulations. What a turnaround for the Jaguars. Falcons beat the Buccaneers 30-17. The Falcons get their revenge for the phantom rough in the passer call by winning this virtually meaningless game. Yep, uh, Bills 35, Patriots 23. Naheem Hines scored two kickoff return touchdowns in this one. I actually saw him play in high school. I can confirm he's pretty good and really fast. <laughs> NFC North matchup between the Vikings and the Bears, with the Vikings unsurprisingly coming up on top, 29-13. Congrats to the Bears, though, on securing the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Congrats to the Vikings for... Showing up, I guess. They didn't really have to do much else to win this one. They did not. Uh, Bengals 27, Ravens 16. No coins will need to be flipped to determine anything. But Joe Mixon still did one, though, for his touchdown celebration. Good for him. (laughs) Yes, good for him. Texans, Colts. (laughs) The Texans won 32-31. What are you doing, Houston? (laughs) (laughs) You 
tanked the whole season and picked the very last game to win. Oh, man. Your glorious tank completely wasted. Oh, well, that is all good. Uh, Dolphins 11, Jets 6. The Finns got the win, and now they're into my chagrin. Whoa! You're a poet, and you hardly even know it. Panthers 10, Saints 7. Did you know that elephants are the only mammal that can't jump? I actually did not know that. But I figured that learning that fact would be more important than talking about anything that happened during that game. Um... (laughs) Steelers, 28 Browns, 14. The Steelers did their part, but finished in the worst position in football, the eighth seed. Also, my season-long crusade against Deshaun Watson is officially over. Broncos beat the Chargers, 31-28. I paid literally no attention to this one. Broncos country, let's watch the playoffs from home. Yeah. I mean, that being said, uh, both of our teams are also watching the playoffs from home, so... (laughs) You're not alone in this one. Eagles 22, Giants 16. The return of Hurts fueled the Eagles to secure the one seed and the all-important first round bye. Mm-hmm. 49ers beat the Cardinals 38-13. I must say, shout-out to J.J. Watt. Phenomenal career. But what I'll remember the most is the money he raised for Hurricane Harvey victims. He's a Hall of Famer, but an even better person. Thank you, J.J. Watt. Absolutely. I can't say it better myself. Uh, Seahawks, 19, Rams, 16, in overtime, but even when they're not playing, the Lions still somehow get screwed by the referees. The team commanders, 26, Cowboys, 6. (laughs) Uh, Sam Howell led Washington to an impressive win, leaving Cowboys fans asking, are we in trouble? And Commies fans asking, where was this last week? And the final game of the regular season, Lions 20, Packers 16, MCDC is that guy. We said it last show, there is a very fine line between genius and insanity, and Dan Campbell is on the right side of that line. Absolutely. Let's zero in on some things worth discussing, though. Obviously, starting with DeMar DeMar Hamlin. There's nothing we could say that um, adds anything to the conversation. But that being said, we're so happy that uh, DeMar is doing well now. It's been amazing and inspiring to see him power through his recovery and the outpouring of support he has received. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there isn't really anything that we can say that you know hasn't already been said a hundred times already. But man, it is, it is really great to see how well he's doing. He's back in Buffalo. That's such a great thing to hear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we'll certainly be following for more... Uh, like more positive updates, I hope. So that, that that's just awesome. Absolutely. And then second is the Jaguars Titans game where the Jaguars um, won twenty sixteen, and um, we must add that Jacksonville won six of their last seven games, and Tennessee lost their final seven, <laughs> giving the Jags a division crown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it still came down to the last game that. We could have possibly seen a team who had lost six of their final seven games in Tennessee if they managed to win the last one. We could have seen them in the playoffs. And, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy the Jaguars won because I really didn't want to see the Titans there. I think that they were just excited to get to the end of the season as well. A lot of key injuries for their team. 
just really not great play on their part. So I'm happy we get to see Jacksonville, a team that has been hot, a team that is trending in the right direction, has a very exciting young core, and like some players who are doing really well, given their second chance in Jacksonville, like Evan Ingram, uh, Christian Kirk, I think. Um, it's It's been fun. I mean, I watched the game, and Jacksonville was... They were very entertaining. Absolutely. And such a turnaround from the Urban Meyer era. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> it's cool to see Trevor Lawrence kind of start to become... Um, but kind of coming to his own, for lack of a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. Really, I think he could definitely be one of the faces of the league in the near future. Um, so I was really glad, like you were saying, to see the Jaguars instead of the Titans. I was getting kind of tired of the Titans. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's. Wow. I cannot believe that somehow, out of all the games that happened this weekend, we end up deeming both AFC South games as games worth discussing, even though that was one of the worst divisions in football all year. <laughs> Texans 32, Colts 31. Uh, By winning, the Texans do not get the number one pick. They'll be at two. Is there a big difference between the number one and number two picks, especially considering this year's draft order? I'm going to say no. I don't think there is. There seems seems to be a pretty decent amount of depth at a lot of different positions. So whatever your need may be, there's there's going to be a really talented player mm-hmm. that you're going to be able to get within the first couple picks. Yeah. Yeah, the general consensus is that Houston's going to go quarterback, and there are plenty of good quarterbacks in this year's draft. But mm-hmm. the problem with finishing in the number two pick is number one is Chicago, and they're not in the market for a quarterback. And I could realistically see them, like, trade down, trade with, like, Indianapolis or something who was desperate for a quarterback. True. Trade with, I don't know, Las Vegas, who's also going to be on the market for a new quarterback if um, if Derek Carr is indeed on his way out. Um, yeah, now, this year's quarterback carousel, as always, it's going to be pretty fun. But uh, yeah. the thing is, if Chicago does trade out of their first pick, that that really puts Houston in a bad spot because they they very much need a quarterback I think and up until last week they could have picked whatever quarterback they wanted now they're going to be behind someone so we'll see. Hmm. That's a good point. Do you think Chicago will trade away from the top pick? Um, I think you'd have to get something really appealing to do that, like. I could see an Indianapolis trade where um, cause Chicago does not have their second-round pick. They uh, The Steelers have it. So I could see them doing a trade with Indianapolis for the number one pick plus some pieces. Because um, Indianapolis, they're at four, so it's not too big of a drop. And they very much need a quarterback. So I, I could see Indy moving up, and I could see Chicago willing to listen to uh to move down. Yeah, I feel like if the if Chicago can get like four good like a like four good players or something, trading away number one pick, maybe just a few others, I think they'd probably do it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't I don't, think, yeah. I don't think they're looking for a quarterback like you were saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, having not really watched the Bears that much, is there like any really desperate need that they have that they can't get at like the number four pick or something? They have so many needs, it doesn't really matter. I think where they are, like, I think their biggest needs are wide receiver and then O and D line. Mm-hmm. And so, because it's like such a vast range, I don't, I think they can get like a few really good players instead of one like potentially great player. I think they would go for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, breaking news one player that they will not be drafting at quarterback in the 2023 draft is Spencer Rattler, who is staying at South Carolina. <laughs> Let's go. We are going to be so good next year. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I think Orange Bowl is very much in the discussion. I think 10-2 and two season, maybe a trip to Atlanta. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely overreacting. Uh, but, no, that, that is a huge get, and I'm very much excited for the next year of Gamecock football. Anyway, sure. what, what were we talking about? Texans. The draft. Let's go over the draft order. Let's do uh, it. Like we are saying, Chicago's one, Houston's two, Arizona's three, Indianapolis four, the Seattle, Detroit, Las Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina, and at 10 is Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there are a few teams in that order that are thinking quarterback, and uh, so maybe they trade up, but... We'll see. I get that, that's a conversation we can have in March when there's no football going on. Absolutely. Our last game worth discussing was the primetime matchup between NFC North foes, Detroit Lions, and Green Bay Packers, with Detroit winning twenty to sixteen. Are the Lions the most fun team in the league? I honestly think so. Like, it used to be the Browns that were the lovable losers and stuff until this year when they became unlovable. Um, I guess my crusade was not over. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but no, they're just so fun. I mean, they have a non-traditional coach. They have a, a quarterback who's, like, in his second chance uh, place or whatever. They have a running back who had an awesome year breaking Barry Sanders' touchdown record. They have a fun young defense. Uh, they don't take themselves too seriously, and they win. It's a, it's that's the biggest thing. Winning in Detroit is like, I don't know. It, it doesn't really go together. Um, but yeah, no, they were so much fun to watch. I really enjoyed this game. Plus, all the trick plays they broke out. It was fun. Absolutely. I I mean, even when you talk about the young defense, what comes to mind is Aiden Hutchinson. And dude had three interceptions this year. Wow. On the line, too. That That's incredible. On the line, yeah. <laughs> like, what? But, yeah, it's cool to see Detroit, Detroit winning. Um, and I, I'd agree with you. They, in my opinion, they are the most fun team in the league. Mm-hmm. There was a safety whose name I cannot think of. I think it's a rookie safety who intercepted Aaron Rodgers three times this season. That was, I mean, you you just don't see that. And, like, Detroit made it so much fun. And, unfortunately, they will not be in the playoffs. I think they deserved it, but it is is fair how they decide. So, oh, well, I guess maybe next year. And that brings us into the teams that are in the playoffs – it's wild card weekend this weekend. 
Uh, we're just going to run through the games in the order that they will be played, make some picks, and uh, see what we got. First game up is the number two seed, San Francisco 49ers, hosting division rival Seattle, who is in the seven spot. San Francisco is a 10-point favorite. How does this game play out? I'm going to say San Francisco wins. I'm not I'm not confident it will really be that close, if I'm being honest. Yeah, San, Fran, San Fran's just a machine right now. I don't yeah. think Seattle is the team that stops them. Here's an interesting one. L.A. Chargers at Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going Jacksonville here. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, Brandon Staley will overmanage the game somehow. Plus, I think the importance or the uh, yeah the importance of a cross country flight, even if you do have the extra days to uh, to plan for it, when you lose three hours of sleep, that cannot be uh, cannot be understated. Well, I guess it's not sleep, but whatever the case, um, Jacksonville Jacksonville wins. I'm saying Jacksonville, they have a lot of momentum right now. Um, they're at home. They're not saying a cross-country flight like you were saying. I'm going Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sunday afternoon game, Buffalo-Miami. Buffalo favored by 10.5. Any thoughts on this one? Is Tua playing or not? Um, I don't know. I believe that he could be eligible, but... If it's me, I, I would not play him. He's he's been hurt too much this year. You're a seven seed. A seven seed has never won a playoff game. I would not risk his health even more going into the offseason. I would say if two is not playing, absolutely no shot. Miami beats Buffalo. It's gonna be bad. But if two is playing, I still think Buffalo wins, but it'll be a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. I, I agree on both counts. I think Buffalo gets the win regardless of who's at quarterback. Yeah, that's what I got. For sure. New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. Now, this was a fun game in the regular season. The, uh, the Vikings won 61-yard walk-off field goal. <sighs> Give me the Giants. I think they're going to go and pull an upset. I just can't trust Minnesota. What time's the game? That'll be the 4.30 Sunday slot. Hmm. Are you thinking primetime Kirk know. Cousins? Yeah, I'm thinking... Yeah, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking prime... What, what, what Kirk Cousins will we see? I don't know. It's hard to beat a team twice, you know? So that's why I'm inclined to go with the Giants here. I like it. Good upset pick. Uh, Sunday night game... Uh, Baltimore visiting Cincinnati. I feel like these teams have seen each other before. Oh, yeah, they did. It was on Sunday. So how does this one play out? I mean, Cincinnati's going to win. <laughs> yeah, the Baltimore defense has gotten better over the season. Um, but when you have Joe Burrow and company, I think even if Lamar is back, the Bengals are still going to win. I agree. If Lamar is back, I think he would need some time to like readjust into the offense. And uh, no, I, I think Cincinnati has just been on an absolute tear. I think they're on a solid like seven, eight game win streak too. So I I don't think this is the game that they drop. Yeah, and then the primetime game, I believe. 
Monday night. Is yeah, Dallas Dallas Cowboys at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> this is such an interesting game. I'm go- <laughs> I'm going to go with Dallas. Um, maybe this is the year they shake off their you know playoff ineptitude. I guess that's a good yep. word. Um, I just have not been impressed by Tampa Bay this entire season. And I think that Dallas can build a strong enough lead that even Tom Brady can't come back from. So I will take the uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, a part of me is tempted to say this is the perfect situation for Dallas to once again find a way to just mess up in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. But Tampa, Tampa Bay has just looked like bad, quite frankly, all season. And I think I think Dallas will build a big lead and probably choke towards the end of the game, but they have a big enough lead it won't even matter. So I'm gonna go with Dallas. Yep. So those are our game picks. Alright, that brings us to our next select section. Black Monday. The day after the season ends can be a dark time for a lot of coaching staffs. We thought we'd take a moment to salute all of those that we lost during the season as well as on Black Monday. Since we don't have the time to see you again for everyone, we have a new format. Yep, I will get us started because in week five, uh, we said goodbye to a legend, uh, Matt Rule of the Carolina Panthers. In Carolina, when Carolina allowed 17 points under Matt Rule, you know, three scores, it's not hard to get to. The team went 1-27. and He wasn't even halfway through his seven-year contract, but it was time for him to move on, but he landed on his feet in Nebraska. Good for him. Week nine, saw us have a see you again for Frank Reich of the Indianapolis Colts. 2022 season started rough for Indianapolis. He was fired with a record of three, five, and one, but it would get worse in Indy, much, much worse. But I imagine he'll get an offensive coordinator job somewhere and be just fine. Right after Christmas, we had our next firing. It was Nathaniel Hackett of the Denver Broncos. Uh, The writing was on the wall in week one when Hackett decided to kick a 64-yard field goal after burning 40 seconds off a valuable game clock, missing the kick, losing the game, and setting the tone for the season. Unlike the other coaches, it might be a while before Hackett is back it. Oh, man. After the season ended, we saw Lovey Smith of the Houston Texans fired. Another one buzz the dust. And other than his magnificent beard, I honestly could tell you nothing about Lovey Smith's time in Houston. His team was not great, though they were competitive some weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, that's the best thing we can say about Houston. Um, this guy actually hasn't been fired, but there's no way that he keeps his job. Uh, Jeff Saturday of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, An interim coach has never been fired, and technically that is still true. Then again, an interim coach has never lost a 33 to nothing lead. I'm sorry, I'm still not over that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was, I was really hoping for Saturday to do well, but, uh, during his tenure, uh, the Colts shifted from hard to watch to unwatchable. And then last, but certainly not least, 
We saw Cliff Kingsbury at the Arizona Cardinals let go. Another one bites the dust. Ever since Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury's teams were 45-24-1 and in the first seven games of the season. For the rest, they were 17-52. and It's worth pointing out that the Cardinals have the stat available, yet signed Kingsbury to a five-year extension at the start of the year. This is their own fault. Yeah, and it's also important to point out that you play postseason games at the end of the season. If you played them at the beginning of the season, Cliff Kingsbury might have done a lot better. Yeah, going off of Arizona, where do you think they go from here? Oh, man. Well, they have to find someone that is bought in on Kyler Murray and has a plan to work with him because the Cardinals are tied to him till 2028, I think, which is insane. So that would be the first thing is find a find base. Actually, <laughs> That's the big thing. Find a coach that can work with Cliff, or sorry, not Cliff, <laughs> RIP, that can work with Kyler Murray um, and create an offense around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a really important thing. I saw that Murray's going to have some input in like the uh, the coaching hire. Um, be an interesting thing. Um, there's a rumor that uh, John Harbaugh is like at the end of his welcome in Baltimore. And I think he did really well, like, making the best out of a mobile quarterback. And, I mean, Kyler does not run as much as Lamar does, but when he's out in, like, in the clear, like, his improvisation is really incredible, is Kyler Murray. And I think that's something that uh, maybe John Harbaugh would be, like, a good fit for. But also, he's currently on a team, so he's not exactly available. So. So we'll see, but uh, but yeah, it is it is a rough time in Arizona right now. If you had your pick of all five openings, where would you want to coach? Uh, I'd say Carolina, but that is only because I'm a Panthers fan. No other reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think yeah. it would be cool to coach my favorite team. <laughs> For sure. I would say... I would say not the Cardinals. I feel like, I don't know, something about that program that's bad juju for head coaches. Um, not the Broncos because the Russell Wilson situation's an absolute disaster. Um, not the Texans because you don't really know. Actually, I don't want to write off the Texans yet. Maybe not. Mm. Actually, no. Yeah, I'll take the Panthers. I like it. Maybe <laughs> go back to Carolinas. I, I feel like there's definitely a lot of potential there too in Carolina. Mm-hmm. You're in a bad division, so you have an easy not easy. It's not never easy to win a division, but you have a very good shot to win your division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, once you're in the playoffs. Yeah, me, yeah. Yeah, once you're in the playoffs, it's a whole new season. Give me the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. No, that brings us to the end of Black Monday and into quick hitters. Um, different format because we could not come up with enough quick hitters to put a timer on the clock. Uh, we're just going to run through this list really quickly and uh, touch all the questions, get some good answers, and um, yeah, then wrap up the show. Are you good with that? Yeah, sounds great. Alrighty, so first things first, Texas A&M basketball got a technical foul for forgetting their jerseys at a hotel. Your thoughts? Um, 
How quickly would you be fired if that happened as manager of South Carolina? I would have to walk home. Signed with the Twins after failing his physical with the Mets. Your thoughts? I was right. You don't need to be an athlete to play baseball. Oh, that's not uh, true at all. Uh, <laughs> but, but, I'm, I'm just wait. I just want to see him go through like have a physical with every single team in the league. That would just be hilarious. He has signed with three teams this off season alone. Oh man, that's not true. What I said about not needing to be an athlete, but. Oh, man, that is... Sometimes the jokes just write themselves. They do. Uh, The Lions had a lot of fun in their pregame intros, including one player reading his name, School, as First Waikaskage, leader of the Hidden Village of the Den, and another player saying that he went to Harvard despite actually attending Arkansas. If you had an intro, (laughs) what would you say? I'd say, hey, I'm Evan the punter. Southern New Hampshire University. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just no. I really want to do that now. You majored in Madden. <laughs> uh, that's, Madden, uh, that's Madden good. like Wii Sports Golf or something. I don't know. <laughs> How about you? What, what would your intro be? Uh, because I love the show Community, I'm Ryan the Waterboy from Greendale Community College. <laughs> I love it. The Carolina Hurricanes just finished an 11-game win streak. Is there anything that you're confident you could do 11 times in a row? Uh, miss free throws. <laughs> but that would be that would be an unintentionally miss free throw. Could you, right? <laughs> Correct. I mean, it has happened before. Uh, I mean, I don't think I can hit. I don't think I can hit a consistently reasonable golf shot eleven times in a row. I mean, all it takes is one. And I think you mean eleven. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, you you were great at Top Golf, by the way. Uh, Luka Doncic had a sixty twenty ten triple double. Then in his postgame interview said he needed a recovery beer. After you score a triple-double in pickup basketball, what is your go-to recovery drink? Oh, man. Either Dr. Pepper or chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for me, I'm rewarding myself. If I score a triple-double, I'm getting a cookie dough milkshake. Love it. Georgia won the national championship, beating TCU 65-7. to how long did you watch this game? Midway through the third quarter. Uh, the only reason I kept watching was the Pat McAfee cast. If I was just watching the normal broadcast, I don't think I would have come back after halftime. Yeah, interestingly enough, I only watched like the last two minutes of the game. I wasn't even going to watch the game because I thought it would be kind of a blowout. But I went back to my house, and my roommates were watching, so I just kind of went in. Mm-hmm. But I guess, how long did you watch? Very little. <laughs> <laughs> you missed nothing. Oh, yeah, Georgia just scored again. Um, <laughs> last thing, Joe Burrow purchased farmland in Iowa with other athletes. Is this a good investment? Hmm. I'm going to go with Yes. To be completely serious, I mean, 
I mean, I get every put. Let's say he put a bunch of, like, there's definitely they have definitely another term for it now, but windmills, wind mm-hmm. turbines. That's wind turbines. What, yep. If you just put a bunch of wind turbines there and made like an energy, like an energy created farm, dude, might be a good investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the serious side, I think that it is a good investment. Like, I mean, we're always gonna need farm, like food from farms and stuff, so pretty solid but uh on the other hand i have some beachfront property in iowa that i want to sell them to and i think now is the great time i think he would be interested if you offered it mm-hmm. sounds like a nice guy and uh, that brings us to the end of our modified quick hitters slow hitters i don't know uh yeah and into shout outs uh who is your shout out for this first show of 2023. Like we mentioned earlier, for me, it's ZZQ Barbecue in Richmond, Virginia. Um, thank you for being the best barbecue I've ever had in my entire life. It was so delicious. Um, my shout-out goes to uh, Ryan Bilichuk for being drafted by the Portland Timbers in the MLS draft. Huge congratulations, and keep up the great work on the next level. Well, we've reached the end of episode 62. Tune in next time as we talk about playoff football in one manner or another. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Kicker and WB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's all for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, until next time, keep the laces out. And stay hydrated.